production won't be necessary Trying to raise the bar and become legendary I'm a pioneer, I'm a Tyler Perry I'm a Oprah Winfrey, I'm a Chuck Berry New sounds, you ain't gotta hear me But the beat crazy, so I know they feel me I'm a head rocker, I'm a free spirit I'm a Babe Ruth in the ninth inning Knew that I was gonna be something Knew that I was gonna blow Knew the day when my shot came They was all praying I choked Knew it all was gonna pan out That's God playing, no joke You throw me out to that deep end Just know I'm gonna float Man, you know what it is. Welcome to another episode of Can't Be Stopped. I'm Don Collins. Y'all know who it is. It's the king, the boy, the god, Lewis Thompson. Now look, why you always gotta be so damn head ass? Why you couldn't just say because, your name? Because I didn't talk to my people. Oh my god. Oh my. All right, well since you want to talk to your people... How about you go ahead and you tell him about that Conor McGregor fight? Yo, man. That's how we starting? We talking like that? That's how we getting down. That is exactly how we getting down. All right. Look, we'll get to the busy then. Conor had to tap, boy. Tap, 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 tap. But, uh, nah, for real, though. Uh, that was a, it was an interesting fight. Um, Conor and Khabib went four rounds. Conor tapped out. Khabib, uh, state champion, but, uh, I don't think that's what we, uh, really want to talk about. Uh, so after the fight, uh, kind of got tapped again by two of Khabib's oh, guys who jumped into the octagon, and Khabib was tapping one of Connor's guys, so Khabib was kind of 2-0, and then Connor was 0-3, but, uh, I don't know, what do you think about that look on the UFC? I mean, you're talking about the UFC. I mean, they didn't get their money's worth out of the fight. I expected, you know, a little bit more of competition. Connor was, <laughs> he wasn't exactly out here trading barbs. But, I mean, after the fight, it is what it is. Like, you know, all jokes aside, you got Russians and you got Irish people. And they was, Connor was very disrespectful before the fight. So in my in my opinion, Khabib was I don't want to say justified because you know unsanctioned violence is not what I'm here for. But somebody deserved to get hit in the mouth for talking. Do you run your mouth? Get hit in it. I'm I'm cool with it. You know, I'm like you said. I'm not here for the unsanctioned violence, especially against people who are not like in the ring fighting. Um, but Khabib make a really valid point. You not you not finna just talk about my family, my religion, my father, my country, and expect it just to end when the fight's over. Right. Especially after Connor had like almost killed him with the whole bus incident. Right. Like, no exaggeration. Like he could have been seriously injured at the least. Obviously he's straight, but like I don't know. I obviously think it's, uh, I don't think it's going over as bad as I thought it was originally when I saw it. Um, when I saw him jump the fence, I literally lost my mind. <laughs> that was more exciting than the whole fight itself. Honestly. Um, and I think the, I think the UFC is almost happy that this happened. Um, I thought the rematch was inevitable when Connor tapped in the first place. But I think this just makes for an even better storyline. It's like when we were kids watching WWE. At this point, almost. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, I don't know. That's how I'm feeling about the whole thing. I mean, look, I, I've been I've been reluctant to buy fights, but I, I don't know. We might have to pull up and watch this one, the rematch, because that rematch is going to be something else, dog. We got to pull up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think if they have the rematch, just if I have to do early predictions right now, I got Connor. Oh, I know you didn't watch the fight, but in the third round, Connor had a pretty solid control over the fight. He had the stand-up game going, and Khabib didn't really, you know, have the best counter against. But Connor's defense in the first two rounds was solid enough to get him by. Don't do after this. taking this long break from UFC, don't do this. So I think Conor can really win. You know I like Conor McGregor, but I I like putting money down too. Don't do this. Hey. Let the rematch happen. Oh, no. You know. You know where I stay. Oh, no. 
This would be the first time I collect money for UFC hey. Because I'm always putting money down on John Jones, who wins, but then his out, his piss yo, don't. Shout clean. out John Jones, he might come back. Uh, I know, but I mean, you know, hey, look, if yeah. the rematch happens, we'll have to see. I have to, I have to think about that one. But uh, yeah, one thing about UFC that doesn't always happen that you never know if you're gonna get the luxury of having a series, but every year. This time of year, we get a ton of series, boy. We get the MLB playoffs. You know how it's going down. October. October's very on. You know, Scorpio baby in here. You know, we in the cut. <laughs> okay. No need to shout out anyone. Hey, <laughs> I, I wasn't shouting out anybody but myself. You know how I am. Okay. But for real, for real, yep. the playoffs back in action. Uh, one series I want to particularly talk about, uh, Red Sox Yankees. Cause you know it's good. It's good for <laughs> baseball. <laughs> what? Is it not? Nothing, man. No, it's great for baseball. I'm just. I just think it's funny what happened today. <laughs> hey, hey, why you on that? Why you on that? Look, 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 look. No, nah, my bad. Go ahead. You bring it in. You bring it in. You bring it All in. Right, None so funny. None funny. Obviously, everybody knows the storied rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox. They they hate each other. Bad blood's always brewing. Um. But today, well, yesterday, <laughs> based off of when this was recorded, the uh, they had their game going underway, and Aaron Boone <laughs> was lit up on social media. Twitter got in his ass, boy, because he left. <laughs> he, he left Luis Severino in probably way too long, and you know, a couple runs, you know, like seven of them later. They're trailing in a pivotal, a pivotal, wow, a pivotal game three. So for Aaron Boone, you know, you look at it, you got this bullpen that they have painstakingly acquired. You know, you got Zach Britton, Dylan Batances, Aroldis Chapman, and he doesn't go to it. Like, he just doesn't go to it. And for me, I'm sitting there like, dog, what are you doing? Like, dude, let, for reference, pitchers generally, the more times they go through the lineup, you kind of you kind of see it coming. They're going to get hit harder. And Severino's final line, like his final time through the the uh, Red Sox lineup, <laughs> they hit 5 for 7 off of him, dog. <laughs> like what do you mean? You didn't like you didn't have nobody to go to. I don't know. For me that's just absurd, especially in a game of that magnitude cuz the winner of best of 3s win more often than not or the game 3s. But I don't know what you think. I think there's it's unexcusable. Um, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this before, because this is a bad look for multiple reasons. One, obviously, it's the playoffs, but let's take that aspect out of it, right? The Red Sox are super familiar with the Yankees. <laughs> like, like this not like a team that, like, oh, the Yankees only see them a couple times a year. Right. The Yankees see them about once a month. They feel like it. At the least, right? Right. So it's like, yo, we know what you're coming with. We know your guys. You know our guys. You know. Um, I just feel like, how how many times you got to get hit up before you know your guy ain't got it no more? Like, after, I don't know, the third or fourth run has scored, was he just like, I don't know, I think he could really clean it up for us. Well. Like, what? I don't know. I, mean, I just can't believe it. The problem is, though, like, if we being so serious, it's like, it's the fact that he has it. Like, he has it, and you know this data. Like, it's not like this is foreign knowledge. Like, let's be serious here. Like, I'm sitting here in my house recording a podcast commenting on the MLB. Like, you telling me dude doesn't have the same access to the data that says, bro, the third time around, you gonna get hit up. Like, unless you really on your game that day. And it's like, Severino, last start, something similar happened where they sent him back out there around the fifth inning, and he started getting hit up. And it's like, well, for whatever reason, if that keeps happening to him and he can't go deep into games, 
Like, bro, can you protect your guy a little bit? And that was cool when you're going against the Oakland A's. You know, they hit for a lot of home runs, too. But it's not the same necessarily caliber that Boston has. Like, you're talking about Betts and Martinez and Bogarts and Benatendi. And it's like, you can really get lit up in that lineup. So, like I said, I'm sitting here at the crib, and I'm like, bro, for real, what you doing? And it's like, in real life, with the high stakes and the multi-millions of dollars that they have invested in scouting and research and all of that, like, bro, (laughs) they paid for your bullpen. Like, you got five closers. Can you please use your resources? So, if they lose this series, I don't want to say it's all on one thing, but, bro, it's kind of right here. Like, this is a critical game. And they getting mollywopped. So I think it's a, I don't know. Obviously, you have to trust your guys. But this is not the first time he's been hit up, though, in the playoffs. He may not just be, like, starting material in the playoffs. Maybe it's time to pull him out the bullpen in the future. I, I don't know. I know you one of your top guys, but sometimes we just not all built from the same cloth. Right. It is but. what it is. I think you got to let them go. Like, nothing wrong with getting through the fourth inning and then shortening the game. Like, the Indians showed us, you know, a couple years ago that that was a viable strategy because he's got the stuff to get multiple innings of outs. It's just like at a certain point, you got to be conscious of the fact that, yo, it may not be it like after this certain point. But it, uh, hey, it is what it is. I can't feel bad for neither one of those well, teams. My team is out of it, and I'm not salty because the Brewers probably would yeah. <laughs> the Bre- Look, let's call a spade Hold a spade. On. Can we talk, about that? we talk about that for a second? Yeah, might as well. Got to pull up, talk about the Brewers. So I just got to ask you one question. What? Why can the Cubs only score one run? For about the last 50 games, they were either like one, zero, or explosion. You want me to answer <laughs> like, that? I, what is wrong with the Cubs, Don? That sounds like a, a question for Tilly Davis. You asking me? Uh, yes, sir. Look, in my opinion, it's like this. Um, first off, I want to shout out Javi Baez. The boy was really impressive. He was really impressive this year, cleaning up some of the stuff that in his swing, you know, it allowed him to really become a a MVP candidate. But I think that the Cubs just had a regression. Like, you know, for a year, for 2016, they were able to really kind of put it all together. You know, they hide their deficiencies and everything, but they kind of just regressed. Like it, it happens. You know, some of the guys on the team are getting older. Uh, Jason Hayward is looking like a guy where you you pay him all this money and he doesn't even start some of the critical games of the season. Like, that's kind of wild, but it is what it is. Zobris is getting older, but he still produces good approaches at the plate. Um, Rizzo had a down year. Chris was hurt. Schwarber, you you already can't even start him against left-handed hitters or pitchers. So it's like, I don't know, for a team... For a team that was so young, I think a lot of the times we forget how young they still are. And it's a, I don't want to say it's okay because the expect, expectations are through the roof, but you can kind of forget that along the way. Like, you know what I'm saying? They are still young. And then you supplement some so of the supplemental bats. Some of the supplemental bats are either getting older or like Jason Hayward. Dude, you're getting paid 184 over like eight years and you hitting eight home runs like that's not cool but it, hey that wasn't my decision and I liked it at the time but it, it's looking like an albatross so it sounds like you giving them a pass me giving them a pass no I'm not giving them a pass at all you can't let two teams come to your home court home field and celebrate back-to-back nights I think that's inexcusable and I'm not giving anybody a pass, but I'm putting the the ownership squarely on the players. Like, I feel like a lot of times in sports, we want to instantly go, well, what is the manager doing? Like, Joe Madden really got, you know, the rumors swirling, should he lose his job? Dude got 95 wins out of a team that couldn't hit for a third of the season. 
they couldn't pitch for a third of the season. And then in that last third of the season, the overlapping, it was like they put it together. But, okay, great. He got 95 wins out of a team that literally didn't even get rest down the stretch, and they was hurt. So, like, I don't think it's his fault. But, you know, you Darvish doesn't want to play. <laughs> like, he's hurt. Ty- Tyler Chatwood doesn't <laughs> want to throw strikes. So, it's like, what? I'm not about to blame Joe Madden for making water into wine. Like, credit him for his job. But they was going to get their asses curb stomped by Milwaukee anyway. <laughs> so let's just call it how it is. Milwaukee's teed up right now, as you saw. So it'd be like that. Yeah, I hear about it every single day. Yeah. It's just it, it's like that sometimes, man. That's baseball. You know, I don't know how to feel, Don. I don't want Milwaukee to win because as I've been at school here in Wisconsin, it seems like every Wisconsin team wants to have their biggest success like in their history while I'm here. Right. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers is literally arguably the greatest thrower ever. The Badgers basketball. Went to the two Final Fours. Men's footballs have gone to the Big Ten Championship almost every year, it seems. All that's left is the Brew Crew. And the way they playing against Colorado, I don't know if the Dodgers got the smoke for them. Hey, I, I, I'm always like, if my team is out of it, if we lose to the champs, I'll be cool. And... I don't know if they could go all the way, but I think the AL kind of low-key weak as hell. Like, they got 300-win teams that was all just beating up on subpar competition. Like, I think the Brewers are more battle-tested after having to fight the Cubs all year, you know, than, like, Boston and New York, who both won 100 games in their divisions. But, like, the Orioles lost, like, 120. Like, what? Of course, you're going to pull up with a ton of wins. So I think the Brewers got a good chance. I mean, I don't know how you're going to feel about that if they win a chip, but it is what it is. Like, they're a good crew, and they got an MVP in Christian Yelich. That's how it should shake out. I hope hope so. He Definitely. Uh, I, I, see, I see Astros and... Astros and Brewers, that's what I see. Early prediction. Man, I got Red Sox. For the world I got Red Sox, Brewers. I got shout-out. It's like every week we got shout-out Richard. But you know, I'm saying it. Shout out. I'm saying shout it. Shout out, Richard. Gotta shout out Big Rico. But, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, we might as well just go ahead into this first break. We'll be right back. What's up, y'all? It's DC. You listening to Can't Be Stopped. Me and Lou taking a break from the action, but we'll be right back. Coming at you real soon. Hashtag be great. All right, boy. We back in it. Now, I got to switch the gears on you. Got to switch the gears on you. <clears throat> so, Alabama. All right. I got I got something to talk about, about Alabama. First off, to all my Todd fans out there, pull up. Y'all know how y'all be in the comment section. Go ahead. Roll Yo, Todd. Yo, shout out to Todd real quick, though. They keep my, my clothes nice and clean. Oh, you. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were sponsoring me. If they need a photo shoot, let me know. All right, continue. Oh, God. All right. So, anyway, anyway, the only thing that I do got to point out about the Crimson Tide, I do got to point out, is that Tua Tagovailoa, all right, all right, it took, I had to make Don't sure hurt I said yourself it right. over there, bud. I, hey, look, it is a little hard sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This man is in the running for the high call race. Tua. All right. He ain't running for the Heisman race. If anything, he'd probably be the favorite right now. You feel me? I gonna say I don't know if he ain't running if he if he ain't got it on lock right now. If he, as long as he don't mess up. Right, right. But that's cool. I got a real question for you. Like this, some real stuff. Should you be able to win the Heisman if you've only played seventy five percent of your season? Yes. Like I'm so serious. Like. He has been phenomenal for them, okay? And obviously, I know that this isn't going to 
that this isn't going to continue once the games actually get tough. Are you about to but, talk about how we don't play in the fourth quarter? Yes. He, he literally hasn't played in the fourth quarter of games. Good for him. When you get the job no, done, not you like, get to go home. When you get the job done, you get to go home early. He gone to work, but it's not, clocked in, and clocked out on him. It's not the same, though, when you're literally not playing the fourth quarter of games where you throw, like, ten times. Like, how much of that is him? Like, and I'm being so serious. Like, we're talking about the Heisman Trophy. Like, winning the Heisman, I'm thinking of guys where you got to put the team, you got to put the team on the back. You know what I'm saying? But in this case, he's not really putting the team on his back if they're just so much better than everybody else that he doesn't even have to throw the ball. I understand what you're trying to say. But I think it's also important, to me at least, when I think about the Heisman, I think about the player who have demonstrated the most dominance and excellence normally at the quarterback position, unfortunately. Uh, and in right. some circumstances, it's a little different. And I think between the performances that he's put on in the first couple weeks, his dominance is clear whether he played in the fourth quarter or not. And I think when you play in a system like Alabama, you're going to obviously look really good. They're the best team in the nation, I think, by far, in everyone's eyes. But I don't think... I think Alabama's looked this good before with much lesser quarterbacks. And you can tell a big difference between this year and any other year. But, Lou, like, this is all I'm trying to say. Like, winning the Heisman should be the... It's like it's the MVP, okay? Why didn't Steph Curry win it in basketball then? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is this? Steph Curry won it when they went 73-9, and though. He wasn't playing in the fourth quarters. That that was a... All right, maybe I shouldn't have brought up them literally beating the ass out of... Or the year before when they went, like, 69 and something. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you're not about to hand the offensive line the Heisman. But for Alabama, that's literally how they win their games. Dude is throwing, like, ten times. Like, seriously. Definitely. Like, but by your definition, all the MVPs in football are normally given to the, I don't want to say the wrong person, but by the person who may be lesser deserving. Because a lot of times in the NFL, for example, the quarterback that gets the MVP has amazing stats and they're normally the best team in the league. And a lot of times they're not playing every snap or they're just running the ball out in the fourth quarter anyways. But my my thing is, is if you're going to give him that just because he's putting on a dominant performance, why shouldn't Will Greer win it for West Virginia? When, like, if you take him off West Virginia, I know for a fact that they're not in the same position. Alabama would still be 6-0 and if they would have been starting Jalen Hurts. Maybe not to the same efficiency or to the same degree, but they're winning games by 50, 60 points. You think they need him as much as West Virginia needs Will Greer? No, but MVP awards are never about who is just the best player or the highest or the most important player to the person team. Unfortunately. If you take LeBron off of any basketball team he's ever been on, they're the worst team in the league. True, in his cl- but you that's know also saying? different because guys put up better stats than LeBron sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like James Harden and Russ had better stats. But in this case, Will Greer is going to put up comparable stats. Like he, he's got 1,800 yards. He's got 16 touchdowns or 18 touchdowns, six picks. Two has got 18 touchdowns, no picks. And hold on, I got to look at his yards real quick. But like comparable performance. But which one weighs more? You know what I'm saying? Like, Jalen Hurts literally is the one playing the entire fourth quarter. Will Greer is having to play the entire game because they don't have the same team around them. Like, football is such a sport where if they can't even move the ball, like, you know what I'm saying? They can't move the ball. So, Greer playing the full game and matching Tua. Like, that put that into perspective. 
But it's not it the takes same. him an extra quarter every single game that Tua had not been playing to match him. Like, don't get you. I like look. No, 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 no. Put that in perspective. He hasn't played one what? fourth quarter, and he but is the best. But you're talking about. You're talking about he's got all right. I got his yards. He's got fourteen ninety five on the season, and Will Greer has he currently has one thousand eight hundred nineteen. So he's outgaining him by three hundred yards, and, and that's the, that's a fourth quarter. That's not playing six fourth quarters if we're being serious. So you're talking about a kid where now again Tua as the season goes on things could change, and Tua could be relied on to do more things because they got they got some important games coming up here. You know, they always got to play LSU. Auburn isn't going to be a slouch. But at the end of the day, that's just my point. Like, how are you going to go about and win an MVP award when you're, you're I don't want to call him a glorified game manager because uh, I watch yeah, him take over it this, Yeah, keep, keep going with this, actually. Yeah, because I like where this is going. Say it, say it, say it. <laughs> But, like, at the end of the day, their team is so much better than everybody else at this point. I don't think he he should be the season-long favorite. So, because the team had played lesser teams, you're punishing him. Just to to put that in the simple words, right? No, I'm not punishing him. I'm saying his performance is not as impressive because his team around him is so good. So, his the people who his competition has been have not been up to par. Agree or disagree? I'm not saying that they haven't. No, been no, no, up no, to no, par, no. I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. I'm just Alabama asking a question. Alabama literally isn't fair. Okay, I'm just asking a question. What team has Alabama played that's been talented so far? <laughs> there you go. I know where you was going. I'm just asking I know a question. Where you was going. Um. I seen a couple. I seen a couple people on their schedule that historically have been great, and this year is just not not good. Well, we're not talking like, about history. We talk about the present. You, you right, know. but you got to remember the context and how they schedule their seasons. I know like, the exact context and what they schedule the seasons. Louisville was not supposed to be this bad when they. Louisville mm-hmm. also had like two different coaches. That's tough. I'm sorry for Louisville. We not. I'm not even trying to rehash that with you. This yet. We gotta talk. We about not gotta rehash nothing. I'm just out. saying, if you, you're not playing, you if you're not playing high caliber, you know, opponents, that's cool. You know, if we want to punish Tua. I'm cool with it because then why is Alabama the one seed in the first place if they're not playing no one hard? But that's not. That's a whole different story. Like that's literally why. Why different the story. different story? It's essentially the same thing. The whole Alabama team don't got to play in the fourth quarter for them to win games. But that's their dominance. Who are they playing? The team. It's, uh, here, I'll but who the, the who are they good team they played, though, compared to a team like Notre Dame who played Stanford, who they played Virginia right? Tech. Yes, they are. Yeah, who beat I Michigan. With, I rock with Notre Dame. I rock with Notre Dame you know? for what they're doing this year. Let's talk about a team like Ohio State. I hear you, but I also want you to know that, like, they have – they played Louisville to start the season. So, like, when that game was scheduled, they were supposed to be, like, that's supposed to be a turned-up matchup. I get it. Arkansas State was two. Like, that's a a cream puff matchup, but that's, like, the nature of college football. Like, they literally – they subsidize the lower-level schools. Like, everybody played weak teams that week. Like, that's how it works. Then they played Ole Miss. So, like, that's a conference mm-hmm. game. Can't do anything about that. Then they played Texas A&M. Conference game. Couldn't do anything about that. Then they played... Oh, boy. They played Louisiana from the Sun Belt. But mm-hmm. here you go again. They, it's those out-of-conference... Look. I've been slowly leaning more towards like, hey, let's see the powerhouse matchups. Like, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. But I, under the current system, I'm accepting of the fact that it's a money thing. Like, that's literally their money. That's how the system works. 
Like Louisiana needs that to probably fund uh, like eighty percent of their stuff for the rest of the season. Like they you know, get millions off of that. That's really cool, and it's good to be charitable. I like to give to people who need it too sometimes. But why did that mean that Alabama should be the number one team to start off every season? Because that because, because. yeah, I understand. Oh, that's the way the system works. But a team like, I don't know, Oklahoma, who plays in Ohio State in their non-conference games, or a team like Notre Dame, like I said before, why are they not, like, raised to a higher pedestal? Yes, sometimes it's luck and randomness in which the strength of your schedule is made. But I'm sorry. If Louisville sucked, but they were cold five years ago, that was five years ago. It's no. cool to reminisce, but we lived in the present. Hold on. Who won the championship, though? Hey, you know, Bama, Bama won. But should Bama he Wait, have so even been there they, in the first place, though? Why shouldn't they be won right now? Why shouldn't they be won right now, though? Did Bama deserve to make it to the Final Four last year, though? Wait, what you talking about deserve? They did. Like, that's what they did. No, but did they deserve to have one of those spots? They was in there. They was the preseason number one. Just, be, just because they get a spot don't mean they deserve the spot. Why would they not deserve a spot when they were the one I'm, of the four best teams in the nation? What metric were they one of the four best teams in the nation? I mean, I, I could sit here and do this again where we could pull up all the metrics that go into them being And the then I would love for you to pull up the team that they played that season. Right. You know, the same teams that... You know, I, I remember you sitting and watching the Iron Bowl with me, like, talking about Auburn and, like, oh, my God, they got J- Jared Stidham and all that. And then they beat them. Alabama did not beat Auburn. Oh, they lost last year? Oh, yes. <laughs> my bad. Because my then bad. Alabama got to duck Georgia in the SEC championship game. Talk about duck Georgia. And then... <laughs> They beat Georgia in the national championship. Yeah. I'm I remember very well what happened. Yeah, you're right. That's on me. And they almost but lost still, to Georgia like, if it wasn't for a historic performance in the second half. Man, look, I'm not here to talk about scheduling and all that. We was here to talk. No, nah, that's what you were talking race. about, though. You were yeah, talking we about talking how about he ain't had to play in the fourth race. quarter. I'm telling you why he ain't hey, had to play. I, I don't know what you want them to do. They've played almost a third of their games this season, almost half against conference opponents. That ain't. I don't want. I don't want them to do nothing different, bro. I just want the ranking system to be fairly graded out toward the entire nation when it comes to the strength of schedule that you have in front of you that season, not what was made five years ago. Lamar Jackson against Alabama this year will be a cool game. But that's not the game we got. Fine. I'm going to leave it at that. Fine. Fine. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about the fact that the NCAA hates their football players anyway. Oh, wait. (laughs) Was I supposed to say that? But, like, for real, they hate their players. So, from this weekend, Alabama was playing Arkansas, right? I found this, you know, I was just cooling, and I found this little nugget. Um, So... The ESPN broadcast, I don't know if you peeped it, but they were saying, oh, they scored so fast, they didn't even get it on camera. No, that's not what happened. A lightning strike occurred within 12 miles of the stadium. So ESPN's company policy is, we got to, you know how they do it, we got to pull our people off of the field for 30 minutes, pending another lightning strike. Why did they keep playing the game? Money talk. So, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. There was a lightning strike, and that ESPN followed company protocol, right? Company protocol to pull their staff off of the field. So they missed the action on the game. Why was the game being played? Isn't that a a safety risk? It absolutely is. 
Um, considering that it'd be almost universal kind of rule, if there's lightning or thunder in the area, there's a pod to all outdoor activities. Um, honestly, I don't got the reason. I think it's unacceptable. You know, and other I, than the uh, fact that they don't give a damn about them, they don't give a damn about them. So at the end of the day, it's like this. Remember this, because the the I was on the athletic, so I got to shout them out. They have different stuff. It's not just like, you know, it's not just the standard stuff. Because I wouldn't see that in most places. I I actually rock with them for that, because they made a joke. They're like, well, ESPN's employees, their union would never allow that. They must have a better one than college football. Like, absolutely. Of course they do. Because the players can't even represent themselves to keep stuff like that from happening. The universities, obviously, oh my God, we love our athletes. We want them to be so great. We want them to be well-educated young men. Okay, let's send them out in metal, not metal, but in, you know, whatever, helmets, and let them run around in an open field while lightning is striking. Great. Good one. Hey, I just had to get that dig in at the NCAA because they really been grinding my gears. But hey, it be like that sometimes. Talk about it. Yeah, it won't be the last time I talk about some NCAA trash. But hey, mm. we're going to move on. We're going to move on from it. I just had to get that out there. So now we got to, you know, we got to grind some more gears with the NFL. We're going to move from college. We're going to pull up in the NFL. Hey, <laughs> you want to talk about Mason Crosby? You know, I've been really thinking about how to approach the whole 13 points left on the board. 13 is a lucky number, you know? Uh... For some, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's a... Or is that a bad number? You know, could I be doing like Friday the 13th? But nonetheless, look. We were watching the game, and we said, you know, if you miss five, that's unprecedented, and you gotta go. And now I'm more like a joking matter. You get like, yo, he missed like two kicks, but this is Mason Crowby. He gonna come back. He he got the juice. I don't know if I've ever seen the game where I was so confident to say that one player has cost him a game, but Mason Crowby cost the Packers a game, and I feel bad for him. <laughs> Point blank, period. Dog. <laughs> when he missed the first three, I was like, wow. Three doesn't get him cut. Because remember you said, you like, three doesn't get him cut. I was like, four, they got to consider it. And five, even though he technically only missed the PAT, five was definitely going to get him cut. So, like, obviously the transaction hasn't taken place to our knowledge right now at the time of us talking about it. But I think this is just, I don't want to blame Mason Crosby. You remember, you always criticize the performance, not the performer. I know what he did is unexcusable, and it should cost him his job. But I don't think it will. And I think that that goes beyond Mason Crosby. It goes beyond Aaron Rodgers. It goes beyond Adams and Pepper, or not Peppers, excuse me, Matthews and Graham. And it's going to look right squarely at the shoulders of Mike McCarthy. I don't think they're going to cut Mason Crosby. I think they're going to keep it in-house, and they're going to say, well, he had a bad week, even though this is the fourth time in, like, five years that he's missed three or four kicks in a game. You know, it's like, oh, Mason Crosby's in his rut. Okay, great. This is a, a team with a quarterback that makes over $33 million a season, has Super Bowl expectations, and has one ring to show for it, and is at the bottom of the division. I think this is going beyond Mason Crosby because when you play a quarterback like that and you do stuff like this, somebody's got to go. And you can't just keep blaming kickers. You can't keep blaming GMs. You can't keep blaming coordinators. It's time for the head coach to be held accountable. Period. Now, I don't like firing people midseason, but if they continue the way they will 
what should or on projected to do this season, he's got to go. He's got to go. Period. I'm sorry. I, I'm uh, I'm going to just interject. Nah, he can go right now. I don't like, like I know you, I know you don't. But here's the truth of the matter. I don't remember the exact amount of game, but I'm pretty sure in about the last three seasons, the Packers are about 500. I'm pausing for a reason. Who's the best quarterback in football? When healthy, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Without a doubt, right? Yeah. Is there any other top five quarterback that's allowed to be 500 without taking criticism? Or the coach getting a change? Um, well, considering guys that are in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers, they don't have that happen. No. What? No, no, no. Say that again. I mean, the same quarter, the quarterbacks who are in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't happen. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen. This yeah. is unacceptable. The package made change at GM last year. Ted Thompson did not like making trades, so they had to make a change. Congratulations. Now it's time to cut off the head. It's time for him to go now. Mike McCarthy, an offensive specialist. What had been the Packers' biggest issue all season? The offense. They don't put up efficient points. They they got to finally back mode. The defense plays well, and beside the miracle in Chicago, the Packers' offense has been literally between average and below all season. With nah, I don't understand. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. I'm sorry. You gotta call it how it is. Baby, ass. Hey, I'll be nice. You know, I'm around all these. <laughs> Packers fans, I get to go sleep in Wisconsin. Right. So look, man. I I just gotta say one last thing. Let's put aside the fact that they currently can't score. Mike McCarthy has approval or he they run through all their personnel decisions through him. I'm just going to run a couple things off. Running back. What What's happening? Shout out Aaron Jones. And Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, who all three combined cannot run as efficient as one good running back. But. Okay. It sure would be nice if they had Jordy Nelson against the Lions. Wouldn't it? Oh, be crazy. Instead of rookies? Instead of the practice squad members. Man, it sure would be nice. If the two most important positions besides quarterback, arguably, on the offensive side of the ball were, like, solidified to go with that generational talent. The Packers need a change now. Or this season is going to be a wash. The way the Bears are playing, they might be the best team in the NFC North. And the Vikings are for real. I know their defense isn't there. The Packers are going to miss the playoffs if they keep it up like this. I mean, I personally, I'm not worried about it. Like, dog, if they want to go ahead and just wallow in it, go ahead. That's fine. Because, you know, the Vikings were a QB away from being something. They upgraded, got Kirk Cousins. The Lions, Lord knows they need balance on their team. Carryon Johnson looks to seek to provide that. And the Bears, you know, hey, their offense needs to take steps. Every team has their own issues. But I feel like the other teams are more easily fixable than how do you not suck. (laughs) Like, for real. Like, for real. You know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't put up 300-plus yards and four touchdowns, do they even have a shot? Why aren't the Packers calling for Le'Veon Bell? 
<laughs> Who says they aren't? Why this should have been done? You hey. dropped the ball on Khalil Mack already. Go get you a player. I do not like the Packers, but it makes no sense that they have not had Le'Veon Bell in that nasty green and gold already. He fixes two of their issues in one player. I'm done. <laughs> you just you ain't gonna talk about it no more. What else is there to say? They're they are Nothing. running their organization poorly with the best quarterback arguably ever. I ain't got nothing to yeah. say. Bear down. That's all I got. Say less. Say less. All right. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We'll we'll just go and lay up here because I know you'll you'll enjoy talking about this. New York Giants got a new quarterback this week, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Odell Beckham waited all year. He's on my fantasy team. Shout out. Reach back like one three. You know what it is. Coming for that hundred dollars. But. Odell Beckham decided, hey, look, I'm going to call out. Why can't we throw the ball down the field? Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Like, you know, really, I was surprised by it. But then he ended up, you know, it's like one of those things. Hey, you don't like something, do something about it. And he throws a 57-yard touchdown pass (laughs) to Saquon Barkley. And the Giants end up losing that game because they were inept. For most of that, until Odell decided to, you know, throw his touchdown pass. So for me, I'm still like, man, how can a team with so many weapons be so trash? And they finally did something about it. Kinda. They cut Eric Flowers. He's no longer on the team. Thank God. Thank God. But I know you about to go. You about to go ahead and just blame Eli. So go ahead, do your thing. I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm going to fairly give out the credit. Now, you're probably wondering, the credit they lost. Right. Oh, no. Someone deserves credit. I want to give a big shout-out to Sherling Shepard. (laughs) Because... The most important part of that game was when he picked up that trash can and threw it on the ground. Because that was a clear representation of what Eli looks like. Trash garbage. He's the worst starting quarterback in his division. He cannot look down the field. He cannot throw down the field. Wait. He is not a good quarterback. And I'm, you Wait. know, I'm not even like digging them for. No, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. I absolutely hate Dak Prescott's quarterback performances. <laughs> I don't. I know you don't like Eli, but man, I have seen about average. You know. <laughs> and this this man don't throw 200 yards consistently. At least give Eli that. I will. Like, come I on, will no. give Eli this. There's way better people around Eli to make him look good than Dak. So with yeah, the fair. so you know if I gave Dak arguably the best wide receiver and a very good number two wide receiver, I think Dak would be looking like rookie year Dak again. I don't love Dak. I think he's in that around fifteen to twenty rank of quarterbacks. I think that's being generous. But okay. We can argue about it. Fine, put him below. Uh, Eli ain't even Eli's not worth starting. That's that's tough. I'm not No it's not. That's tough. No it's not. There's multiple backups. I hear two that come to mind that are better than Eli Manning currently. Don't you say it. Three. Alright, let's hear it. Terod Taylor. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles are all better quarterback than Eli Manning. Period. Well, hey, look. 
I'll argue. I'll argue with you on Josh McCown. He might not even be the third best quarterback in his city. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Eli not even being the third or fourth best quarterback? Because Odell in that competition now. You're sick. He got the best throw of the year for the Giants. It was pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. So if Eli the second best quarterback on his team and the fourth best in New York, where where did that put him? You know, I think I I got a spot for him. You know? Where? His brother just made a really nice video for Drew Brees. You know, he was chopping up some tomatoes. Um, I think Eli could really do well cleaning up the scraps for him. Oh, my God. I think he'd do real good right there. He's washed up. And it's time for him to go. I told him they need to draft a quarterback two years ago. But who'd they grab, Don? Saquon. No, 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 no. That was this last year. Eric Flowers. Who'd they take? Oh, oh, God. That's looking like a great pick. God, he... Booty hole. But hey, (laughs) another organization that's inept. But I'm done, man. That is the word. I'm done. Hey, it'd be like that. We gon' we gonna get off that. We're gonna get off that with them tonight. You know, what today? Fourth best in New York. Matter of fact, <laughs> Gary V's in New York. And I don't trust Gary V to do anything. So shout out Gary. Eli the fifth best quarterback. God. You are so wild. You are so disrespectful. I can't wait till they turn up for like two weeks. Turn up? On who? I don't care. I got Odell on my fantasy team. You know you know why I'm here. Yo, do the Giants have Bolingbrook on their uh on their uh schedule? Or HF? Cause they wouldn't beat them. You are sick in the head. It'd be like that. Yo, who you got right now? Alabama's coverage defense or Eli? Dude. Dude, he's an NFL quarterback and he's going to the Hall of Fame one day. That wasn't my question. Disrespectful. Dog, I'm not about to leave. I'm not about to answer this question. All right, leave your answer in the comment below. All right, well, <laughs> it'd be like that. So, until next time, I'm Don Collins. <laughs> yeah, we getting out like that. <laughs> yeah, we going out like that. I'm Don. Shout out. You know Yo, shout out, Eli. I'm Lewis See. Thompson. This is Can't Be Stopped. You already know what it is. Hashtag be great. Peace.